Hey, what's your favourite horn noise? <laughs> User error 84. I'm Joe. I'm Alan. And I'm Dan. And we're back. And thank you, everyone, for your hashtag error ask answers. The question was, what's the dumbest idea for an app that you can come up with? And there were some very dumb ones, so well done. And uh, we can keep that going. We're not going to have a new question yet. Maybe we'll have a new question next time. Who knows? You can also use the hashtag AskError, and that's for submitting questions that we will answer on the show. And there are various ways to do that. You can do that on Twitter or in the Jupiter Broadcasting Telegram group, jupiterbroadcasting.com slash telegram, or you can email us error.show slash contact. Details there. Okay, so the first one for this episode, what desirable tech does everyone else want, but you don't see the point of? This feels like something you would have an answer to, Joe. It very much is. Wireless headphones, specifically AirPods, but any kind of wireless headphones, I just do not see the point of them. What I do see the point in is a Bluetooth receiver into which you can plug any headphones that you want and make them wireless. And then you can use those same headphones on any device made in the last 50 years that has a headphone jack. But what if you don't want to have that extra bulk carried around and the extra overhead of having to charge the thing up or buy batteries for it or whatever? Or if you like the freedom of having a couple of things in your ear, no cables dangling, like when I'm in the kitchen and I'm emptying the dishwasher, sometimes I want to put some headphones on and zone out listening to music or a podcast or something. And if I'm constantly bending down and lifting stuff up, I don't want to have a wire dangling around while I'm trying to empty the dishwasher. Right. So you put the wire around the back of your head, um, like around the neck, and then clip the uh, receiver onto your T-shirt or jumper or whatever, and it keeps the cables out of the way for that. Can't do that. Wires around the back of my neck feel weird. It feels like I'm being strangled. Can't do that. (laughs) Okay. So the other day, uh, my sister stayed over. Uh, it was her birthday, and, and we took her out the night before, and, and so she stayed here, you know, instead of driving home late. And um, she slept in, like, pretty good because kids do that. And then uh, we were like, oh, shit, I guess we can't make any noise. Uh, so we popped AirPods in and watched some TV. Um, and, you know, she didn't have to hear it. Perfect use case. There are use cases for it. But, um, I mean, it's a little bit different because presumably you had an Apple TV and it was all Apple ecosystem bullshit. Um, But there's pretty much no situation where I can't use headphones. And your argument about charging it is bullshit because you have to charge wireless headphones and when they die, you're just shit out of luck. Whereas I've many times been out and about, my Bluetooth receiver has died and so I just unplug my headphones and plug them directly into the phone, carry on listening to the podcast I was listening to. So that's kind of an interesting thing is I don't think that's a situation that's ever happened because they just go in the case and the case charges and she leaves the case on the wireless charging pad. So... You know, she takes them out for the day and they're just charging in the case all day. And I I don't know if that's a thing that's ever happened before. I don't think they've ever died. User error brought to you by Apple. (laughs) What about you then, Dan? What desirable tech does everyone else want that you don't see the point of? That's a good question. And I, I don't really have a good answer to this. The only thing that I can really think of is that kitchen gadgets, I feel like, are mostly useless. Like there's all these kind of like, oh, get this specific chopper or this whatever. And now you have like 20,000 things that do only one task. And I kind of hate these like unitasking kitchen gadgets. 
So I'm not really interested in any of those. But I did get a KitchenAid stand mixer recently, and that is awesome because it does everything. (laughs) Yeah, I've been given kitchen things as gifts over the years. I've got a thing that you put on the top of a bottle of wine and you press a button and it drives a corkscrew. It's got batteries. It drives a corkscrew into the bottle and then pulls the cork out. It's not that much effort to pull a cork out of a bottle of wine. Yeah. Shouldn't you just unscrew the top? That as well. Um, And I've also been given a thing that you put into a bottle of wine and it pumps air into the wine to aerate the wine. I've never used that. Never, ever used that. I've got a bunch of these like battery-operated things, and most of them are slowly making their way into successively lower-priority drawers in my kitchen. And eventually they'll get into the one that's in the bottom left-hand corner, and that is the graveyard where they'll then yeah leave the house soon afterwards oh i've just thought of another one apart from wireless headphones microwaves i don't own a microwave and i have no desire to own one even though everyone would consider that to be like a standard thing in every home yeah i use microwave quite a lot use it every day probably every other day yeah i feel like i use the microwave very very infrequently and i didn't have a microwave for quite a while and it was fine and Basically, the only thing I use it for now is like reheating beverages or uh, I think rice reheats better in the microwave. So I have a a thing that I think other people want, but I don't see the point of. And uh, I can't decide which one. So I'll just go with coffee machine because it all tastes the fucking same. (laughs) doesn't matter what elaborate machine you use to make coffee it all tastes exactly the same as kenko instant i don't care don't at me they all taste the fucking same (laughs) so we use the french press but there is a coffee machine where the reservoir is also a kettle and you can just pull the kettle off and i'm like okay maybe i want a coffee machine no when it's christmas and we have relatives around i'll use the nice uh cafetiere or i'll you know maybe make some coffee in some interesting way but it's usually for everyone else i don't really give a shit what's the most useless job that you'd still be willing to do and the person who asked this said that theirs was lifeguard at the olympics open source software developer (laughs) (laughs) professional podcaster (laughs) 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 haha For me, it's just whatever. As long as the job wasn't really boring or really terrible and paid all right, I wouldn't really mind if it was necessarily useful. You know, if the people I worked with were cool and whatever, then yeah, I, I don't really see a problem with it. I think I would answer this question as I would be, you know, those cooking shows like MasterChef where people compete to make the most beautiful, delicious, interesting, challenging dishes. I would want to be the chef on that show for the production crew. (laughs) So everyone's watching these talented chefs do stuff, and I'm outside in the corporate kitchen making like sausage and beans and mashed potato and the crew and those chefs have to come and eat my stuff and everyone would hate me because they've all been watching all these lovely dishes being lovingly prepared and I make them some bullshit food and they have to eat it because it's the only thing that I'm going to make. Like ham sandwiches with just mayonnaise, no lettuce or anything. Yes, and a, a slice of ham that doesn't reach the edges in the uh, in the sandwich. <laughs> 
define useless. Like even in his example of like lifeguard at the Olympics, like you don't really know. Like these are top athletes. They could get a cramp or maybe they ate something weird that day and got sick. And like, I, I feel like that's almost like on the level of thinking like, any kind of emergency responder is useless and because uh, they have a lot of downtime, sure. But that 1% of the time that you need them to be there, like that's really, really important that they're there. So I, I don't know if there's uh, many professions that you could really call useless. I guess like even, even things that we like kind of scoff at and go, oh, like an Instagram influencer, like that's useful to somebody or else they wouldn't be able to make money doing it. You know, like somebody cares about that. Just because I don't care about it doesn't mean it's useless. Well, the byword in my household for useless job is cocktail historian, because we were watching some show one time and that's it said the person's name and under it cocktail historian, because who needs that? But you're right. Even the most seemingly useless job is useful to someone. So maybe it's an impossible question to answer. I had a colleague who worked for a company doing IT installations and she was installing a server in somewhere in India, I think Bangalore or something. And she had finished doing the server install and she needed to do a backup of the perfect clean install. And so she went over to get a tape and unwrap it. And this guy came running over and was like, no, 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 you can't, you can't do that. Um, and she was like, why, what have I chosen the wrong tape? And he was like, no, it's this guy. It's his job to unwrap the cellophane from the tapes. I mean, it may be an apocryphal story and someone's going to write in and say, no, Alan, you're massively racist and that's not actually what happens. But that's the story I was told 20 years ago was that there were jobs for every little tiny thing. And you, you know, much like a unionized work environment in the US, there are jobs manufactured for people in order to ensure people have a, have a job and have some self-worth. But you look at it and you think, holy shit, that's a useless job taking the cellophane wrapping off of a cassette before it gets put into a drive. Yeah. I was going to say, I've heard of things like this too here in the U S where it's like, no, no, you, you got to file a, a ticket for that because it, you can't do somebody else's job. You're taking money away from them. Like that's the union you're going to lay out. I think that that's real. Well, I've just texted my mate who works on MasterChef uh, and asked him, what's the catering like for the crew at MasterChef? He hasn't got back to me yet, but I'll update you if he does. Good. There might be a career change in the, in the <laughs> offering for me. <laughs> if Windows was released as open source, would you start using it? It's going to be a no for me, dog. Well, you wouldn't use Windows anyway. You'd use a Mac if you had to use a proprietary operating system, wouldn't you? Yeah, probably. Like if there was no alternative, like you have to use either Windows or Mac OS. Yeah, I guess I'd use Mac OS. But you wouldn't even be curious to try it. Every time I've had to use Windows in the last 10 years, it has been painful and horrible. But what if it was released as open source and then improved a bit by people who actually know what they're doing? I don't know if it's fair to say that people at Microsoft don't know what they're doing. I think that probably a lot of it is trying to maintain compatibility with legacy stuff. Like I think generally as an organization, you can see that like Mac OS doesn't really care. They expect developers to update their shit and windows kind of like tries to work with everything that's been written since the dawn of time. And so there's just piles and piles of legacy in there. Yeah. Maybe that's unfair to characterize them as not knowing what they're doing, but, um, but well, let's say that if it was released as open source, it could be more optimized for, 
everyday use rather than having to support all of that legacy stuff. And so it could potentially be a lot better. Um, I would definitely check it out. Um, and it would probably mean I'd dig out some of my old music making software and make some of that again. Um, so I'd, I'd definitely give it a go. And Popey, you use Windows for your gaming, don't you? Yeah, there are some um, applications, should we say, which require Windows. And so I have a machine that has Windows on it. And my, my laptop has Windows on the second hard drive. But I almost never boot into it. I boot into it once in a while for some specific thing I want to test or play with. Like someone will say, hey, you can do this on Windows now. And I'll boot into Windows and have a look and then reboot back. But I haven't done like a day's work in Windows for well since i started working at canonical actually before that i was on a corporate laptop that had whatever version of windows was current at the time so um so i don't think the open source open sourcing of windows would actually make me want to use it more and in fact i'm not sure that your suggestion that if it was open sourced people could contribute it and maybe rip out the backward compatibility stuff i think if it was made open source and you could make derivatives of it Windows would turn into the same place Linux is in right now. You'd end up with a thousand different Windows distributions, some which are tailored for 32-bit, some which don't include drivers for SATA or have no webcam drivers in for privacy or whatever. And it would just be an utter mess for developers to be able to target Inverticom as Windows because they would all be different. And that's exactly the position we're in right now with Linux. So I don't think it would necessarily make the world better. But you might be able to get Snaps running on it if it was open source. Uh, we could probably get Snaps running on it even when it's not open source. Oh, why don't you then? Uh, well, it's just not top of the priority list, is it? Fair enough. And so it wouldn't make it more of a priority than if it was open source. I think this is one of those things where people seem to see open sourcing something as some magic bullet that somehow makes it a thousand times better and that all of the eyeballs of the internet... Um, have all the skills in order to maintain this thing and make it better and improve upon it. If if they threw it over the wall, there would still be maybe a few fixes here and there, but I would imagine there would be a significant amount of it that just wouldn't change And because there aren't a lot of people who understand how it all works. And if Microsoft kept moving forward, um, it, it wouldn't keep being maintained, just like old versions of Android are not maintained. They're open source, but nobody maintains Android 4.x or whatever because they all move forward. And then another code drop gets thrown over the wall when the next version comes out. So I don't think being open source is actually necessarily a driver for anyone to use it. Well, surely that is different with Android because every time there's a release, there's an open sourcing of that release. So if just a version of Windows was released as open source, say Windows 7, like the FSF want, ha ha ha, um, then people might be more inclined to use that than Windows 10 and whatever comes next. But who's going to commit to doing the security updates for Windows 7? Who, who Who's going to be able to maintain that code base? It's humongous. Who's going to maintain all those individual little DLLs and projects? A company the size of Microsoft probably could, but they've decided to move on and get everyone on Windows 10 bandwagon and move forward with that. I, I'm not convinced the internet would pick up the old code base of Windows 7, just like nobody picks up the old code base of Android. Hasn't Microsoft started to open source more of its stuff? Like, isn't there like new terminal open source and like other stuff like that? I thought they had like a bunch of stuff that's on GitHub. Yeah, they do. And it makes sense for new projects. 
like when they when they created the new algorithm for git and called it libgit2 or whatever it was and they contributed that as open source and everyone benefited and this new terminal it makes sense going forward for new projects but i think retrospectively going back and trying to open source something is a tremendous engineering effort to do all the due diligence that you're complying with all the licenses because i wouldn't be surprised if there's a whole bundle of stuff inside windows which they do not have the rights to open source there's probably a whole ton of drivers in windows 7 which microsoft doesn't have the rights to so I don't think they could necessarily open source. It's just logistically difficult. If it was an entire code base that they owned, sure, then I could see an argument for it. But they, I don't believe they own it. That's actually a really interesting point because we had a similar problem on even just the tiny scale of when uh, we were trying to move a library that we wrote. This was like 10 years ago or something. This was nah, maybe not that long, like five, six years ago. And we had to like contact everybody who had contributed anything to it, but just because we wanted to move the code from GPL to LGPL for the library. And it was like this huge pain in the ass just to like make sure that we had permission to do that. And that's just for one component, right? Yeah. And, and how small that library was at the time too. Like I can imagine how incredibly difficult it would be to like try to do that for the entirety of Windows. Right. You imagine just the printing subsystem, open sourcing that, and all of those companies that made printer drivers all, all over all the years that are bundled with Windows, some of those companies don't even exist anymore. How are you going to get permission? Or maybe they do exist, but they've been subsumed by other companies. How do you possibly get permission from all those individuals or those those companies? And what's the net result at the end of it? If they did do all of this, it's a multi-year project to get that done. And it's a thankless task because people are just going to be beaten on the door saying, have you done it yet? Have you done it yet? And then when it's released, who, who does it benefit? Because by then it'll be more than a few years older than now. And what good is it going to do? Okay, it might be useful as reference information, like it is interesting looking at the open source um code for Microsoft MS-DOS 1.0 or whatever it is that's on GitHub. Nobody uses it. It's academically interesting, but it's not interesting from a, okay, let's switch from Windows 7 that's no longer maintained to this open source build of Windows 7, which has got a load of stuff missing because they can't get the rights to it. And there are no security updates for it because nobody knows how to maintain it. It's a pointless exercise. Bath or shower? Definitely shower. I don't know what it is about a bath, but no matter, like, I mean, we clean our tub really well and regularly, and even right after cleaning the tub, I still just don't feel like sitting down in it. There's something about it to me that feels gross. <laughs> no matter how bleached and clean and nice it is, I just feel like, uh, it's like sitting in the toilet or something. I just, I don't want to do it. You know, the water in your toilet is pretty clean. I, I know. So it's like the same, it's literally the same thing. Yeah, but you don't shit and piss in the bath, do you? I would assume. Depends on what kind of day I'm having. Okay, then. <laughs> Um, our baths, I have to clean them before I get in them at our house because the kids often have a bath and Sophie will use a bath bomb and they often have glitter in and I've made the mistake <laughs> of getting in the bath after and I get out and I'm all sparkly and I'm like, what the fuck? Why am I all sparkly? And it's the leftover glitter clinging to me, yes. Well, I have not been in a bath since I was probably 10 or 11 and uh, I'm just too big. 
It's the bottom line. I'd like a gigantic, <laughs> like hot tub size bath, maybe. But I, I just, even when I was a kid, I was quite tall and just always found it really awkward and stuff. So no. How do you expect to fit in a bath? Are you expecting to lay head to toe, like laying in the Dead Sea and floating on the top of the bath? In which case, in this country, I think you're going to be sadly unable to fulfill that bath dream. Or do you just want to like lay back with your legs out? Well, I want everything below the belly to be submerged, at least. And that's impossible. You're only a couple of inches taller than me, aren't you? What are you, 6'4 or something? Something like that, yeah. Right. I'm only six foot. And I, if I'm sat in a conventional bath, I'll usually have my knees up. Because you could, yeah, you can't fit in. That doesn't stop me trying. But there's also the fact that, like, you end up sitting in a literal bath of your own filth. No, I think proportionally it's water and a small amount of filth. I think proportionally there's way more normal water than there is filth, unless you're absolutely covered in shit before you get in the bath. I think it's uh, over overblown, the whole, you're sitting in a pool of your own crap. It's like, well, you are in a swimming pool then as well, because in a swimming pool, you're getting in with whatever's on your skin, and you, it's in the pool. It's just somewhat more diluted. Yeah, but a swimming pool is literally full of bleach, so it's got that going for it. I did see one of these like big, looks like a hot tub, totally submerge yourself in it tubs on YouTube in like some fancy rich person's house. And it has filters and jets and all this kind of crap. And I think I would, I think I would take a bath in that. That looks pretty nice. Now, without going into too much detail, I don't understand how people can get showered with a fixed shower head. I mean, I have done it in hotels, but it is extremely annoying and takes a lot longer. What do you mean by a fixed shower head? A shower head which you cannot remove and point directly at yourself, shall we say. Is this for uh, regional cleaning of your body? Yes. Okay. You did preface this with without getting into details, and I'm not sure how <laughs> we're going to do that. But I've been in hotels where they've had those like big, I don't know what they're called, like flower or something showers, the ones that are over your head, metal, that have a very wide head and like drip water like you're outside in the rain. It's quite nice. Um, I'm not sure that's a problem, really, because... Usually, you know, you can use additional tools and uh, stuff like... Loofers and whatnot. Loofer, flannel, all of these things exist, yeah. I see. That's what I'm missing, you see, because I, I just end up trying to cup the water and kind of splash it. <laughs> that sounds like you're not getting clean, Joe. Well, I know, right? Exactly. Whereas at home, I can detach, you know, have it, uh, you know, attached to the thing while I wash my, well, I was going to say hair, but head, and then... When I need to wash the rest of my body, I can point it directly at it and, you know, do do the job. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think the uh, what you're aiming at there is getting sufficient liquid on the part of your body that's dirty. And I think you're missing out on the tools that the Lord God provided on the end of your arms. You've got hands and you can clean your body and, you know, splash a bit of water on it. And I think you can get effectively clean without a removable head, I think. I don't feel I can get as clean. I feel like you're mistaking the initial rinse period where you get wet and the post-washing rinsing where you get the soap off. I think you're confusing those with the cleaning process. That's the bit in the middle. 
which doesn't really need the shower head. No, obviously. That just requires soap and uh, manual dexterity. Mm. But it's if you don't wash it all off properly, then... I don't know. I feel like it's 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 more difficult. It is possible, but it's more difficult with a fixed shower head. I honestly hadn't considered it. I really hadn't. I also do not have this problem. I feel like uh, the only real, like, ooh, that was nice, like, shower head experience that I've had was one where all the little holes are, like, more linear instead of, like, a round shower head. And, and I kind of like that. And it was, like, higher pressure. And I was like, ooh, that's nice. But uh, I, I think more important than moving the shower head or changing the shape or pressure of the water is having a good scrub brush. When I'm in a hotel and I don't have my scrub brush, I don't feel as clean. I think I need to invest in one of these. I don't understand how you can clean your feet without one. My feet get washed. The, all the, the soap that runs off my body runs via my feet, and I kind of slosh them about a bit in the soapy water. You got to exfoliate, man. You got to get all the dead skin off. <laughs> Why am I not surprised that you exfoliate? Is there any software which is feature complete that you use on a regular basis and apparently calculators are excluded from this? Yeah, Clonezilla. From my perspective, the Clonezilla has been the same uh, as the first time I used it. I'm sure it has improved, and I'm sure there's additional features in it that I haven't noticed. But the only thing I ever do with it is snapshot a machine and write it out to a external USB hard drive or snapshot a machine and send it over SSH over the network uh, and then restore, you know, in the reverse. I'm pretty sure... There are additional features buried in there somewhere, but because that's all I ever do, for me, that's feature complete. And I could probably get the same version of Clonezilla from the last like five years, and it would function in exactly the same way. Would it necessarily support newer file systems, though? Doesn't need to, really. Is it block level? Yeah, it just does a bit for bit copy. If you, if it doesn't recognize, I think, I think, I understand that it, it just does a bit for bit copy. It'll take longer. So yeah, maybe that's a problem, but. Um, yeah, I, I did a snapshot of a ZFS machine and I'm pretty sure Clonezilla doesn't understand ZFS. Right. So yeah, it, and it backed it up and it restored it fine. So yeah, not a problem. Clonezilla, it's super. Well, I suppose DD then for me, uh, along those same lines. Yeah, it's not feature complete though, is it? It's not got progress. You have to like do stupid nonsense with external commands like pv in order to get it to show you progress i think that if if dd had that then yeah i would agree dd is feature complete and you don't need to ever touch it again yeah it needs a dash v Mm -hmm. to tell you what the output is yeah i think you're right on that one i can't think of any software that i would consider feature complete like the closest thing i could even think of and i don't know if this even counts as software because it's probably more like firmware is like the stuff that runs my food scale. Like, I, I can't think of any actual, like, computer software that you could really say, like, no, no, that could never use any more features. Seriously, really? Even something, like, low-level, like a utility or something that that you use that you, you always use in exactly the same way and you never never explore new features? No, because we even had a conversation about, like, changing the defaults for, like, LS. <laughs> <laughs> So I feel like like there's everything that could be somewhat different, somewhat better. I have this one more little tiny thing. This is uh, Joe's uh, jo's assertion 
that developers are just out to give themselves a job for life, constantly changing things. You can't ever fucking leave something alone, can you, Dan? Exactly. Developers going to develop. I think like every repository we have, I don't know if there's a single code repository we have that doesn't have any feature request issues in it. Ooh, that sounds like a challenge. <laughs> so my one uh, would be GIMP or general graphics software because GIMP I use all the time to crop screenshots. I know I could be using something much lighter weight, but I know how to do it in GIMP. and it has all the features that I could possibly want. I'm sure that there's plenty of people who wish it had X, Y, and Z feature from Photoshop or whatever, but as far as I'm concerned, that is totally fine. And obviously, XFCE. There's a a couple of bugs, maybe, like screen tearing, which I wish was better, but features-wise, I'm perfectly happy with XFCE. My mind boggles that you've chosen two of the most complicated code bases in the world and and claim that they're feature complete is just mind-blowing. It really is. Well, feature complete to me is is the key here. Right. Well, you're using a hammer instead of a screwdriver. You're using the wrong tool for the job. Yeah. And yet it's feature complete for that one little use case that you have, which is cropping screenshots. Sure. Yeah. Which, uh, ironically, I can't do that. I can't use... GIMP for cropping screenshots. It's the one application which I can never figure out how to do the simplest of things in GIMP. And I cry out for absolutely any other simple photo manipulation program that just lets me just crop. I just want to crop it uh, and I maybe keep the aspect ratio and maybe uh, crop it to a certain different aspect ratio, maybe a vertical one or a wide one, and then save it and that's it. Do it. And I find myself stumbling through GIMP all the time. I think the one GIMP feature that I actually keep it installed for that I I need to just figure out how to do in our regular image viewer is the crop to content where it like just trims off the extra uh, transparent pixels. I think that's the only thing that I really regularly use GIMP for. So I used to use GIMP as if I posted a photo online, um, if I'd taken a photo with a camera not with a phone that has like post-processing and stuff, but if I took a photo with a camera and then I just wanted to tweak it a tiny bit, I might crop in GIMP and then use Unsharp Mask before posting it online. It makes it kind of uh, a little bit sharper and, you know, not so blurry, and I quite like the effect. And I used to use uh, the HUD to find the Unsharp Mask. I'd press Alt and start typing Unsharp Mask, and it would find it in the menu, and I'd just do it, press OK, done, file save, I'm out of here. But because I don't know where that menu item is in the GIMP, and I've never learned where that menu item is, it's so excruciatingly painful, I never do it anymore. But Alan, menu bars are peak usability. Search is peak usability. I know the thing I want. I don't want to go and click through menus, hierarchical menus that are obscurely named and sometimes duplicated in two different places. I want to just type the thing I want and it just do it. And I'm sad. But menus are a fundamental part of the WIMP paradigm, and we've had them for 30 years, and they've worked just fine. I think what happens is you'll be happy once everyone who ever saw a menu is dead, (laughs) and then you won't have to fight this battle all the time, will you, Dan? Yeah, that'd be nice. I think the there's it'll, it'll be soon that'll there'll be the generation of kids that grew up on like not computers like handheld computers mm. and uh, the what's a computer from the iPad video kid will be like what the fuck is this menu thing like this is terrible and then 
maybe at that point, then we'll be like, yeah, okay, like people stop asking for that and it'll be nice. I've been looking since you mentioned it in GIMP and I cannot fucking find Unshut Mask. <laughs> there you go, you see? When describing a dream, how many sentences are too many? One. <laughs> In fact, zero. Because at the moment you say, I had a weird dream last night, that's where the conversation finishes. I don't care about anything you're going to say after that. <laughs> I do not give a shit. I, I had no participation in this event that happened while, I should point out, while you were asleep. So neither do you participate in this event, right? Don't describe this thing to me. I don't care. Get out of my face is the answer. Would you feel the same if I just started with, I hallucinated that? <laughs> <laughs> or would that generate any kind of intrigue for you? It might generate intrigue as to how you triggered that hallucination. Maybe. Well, I laid down in my bed. <laughs> It was quite late. <laughs> did you like smoke something weird or did you have some kind of noxious chemicals inside you that triggered this thing that I might participate in this, this phenomenon? Or did you just shut your eyes like a normal human being does every single day? Yeah, it's built in. You just right. free hallucinations <laughs> for everyone. Well, that's a very grumpy answer. The, the answer is clearly two is too many. I think if someone says, I had a dream last night that I went to the moon and ate an awesome pizza. I think that's fine, as long as that is the end of the description of it. If you get into any more detail than that, then I just glaze over. The standard response to that, so you've now said to me that you had a dream and dot, 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 blah, 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 you said something else that I zoned out, right? I would go, huh, which is the the uh, response which you should then take to mean stop talking. Yeah, I feel like it depends on how interesting the story is. Like, no, no, it doesn't. <laughs> it does. Not it really all. does. Because sometimes people like will give me the synopsis. They'll be like, I had a dream that, you know, this happened. And then I'll be like, all right, tell me more. Why? Why? What good does it do either of you? Sounds like a fun story. Like, what good's a movie? No, it's not like a movie, because a movie I could go and rent myself and watch and it's participate like in. If it was a book, I could go and buy the book and read the book and participate in and then have a conversation with you about how the story in the book went. It's a live, spoken audio book. No, not at all. It's, it's uh, a shit story that you didn't make up. This magic shit that happens when you're asleep happened. So you didn't even do it. Nobody makes up anything. Everything's a remix, man. <laughs> Your dreams. Well, I mean, I know there's a whole like um, industry of dream interpretation and stuff, but surely your dreams are some reflection on what you have been thinking about your subconscious and stuff. So n not like a random stranger or colleague or, you know, acquaintance, but if you discuss with your significant other your dreams, that's somewhat interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I feel like stress dreams can be interesting. You're like, oh, what a weird situation. Tell me more. Yeah, but I only ever want one sentence because otherwise it's just I don't care. One sentence is enough to keep me interested and then maybe ask you some questions about it if it's particularly interesting. But generally speaking, just one nice short synopsis in a sentence. The only time when I found a dream particularly interesting was when I was able to partake in somebody else's dream actively when my wife was thrashing about in bed and and she was going, don't go, Alan, don't go. She was asleep. 
and clearly dreaming. She was going, don't go, Alan, don't leave, don't go. And I turned over and I could hear this. And I went, I'm not going anywhere. Don't worry, I'm not going, I'm not going. And she's going, don't leave me, don't leave me. I said, I'm not going, I'm not going anywhere. And then she went, oh, and woke up with a start. And I said, you're right. And she said, yeah, I was having this nightmare that you were leaving me. I was like, yeah, I got that. And she said, but the weird thing is, as you were walking away from me, you were turning around going, I'm not going, I'm not going, but you were walking away from me. And I was like, oh, funny that. So that's the only time when you could participate in somebody else's dream is fun. But if as a non-participatory sport, no. I think it's hilarious because, ah, oh, you know, I had a dream that I had to give a presentation, but then my mom was drunk. And you're like, oh, shit, what happened? Well, then what'd you do? Oh, my feet turned to sausages and the room started filling up with water. You're like, oh, man, did you get in a boat? Like, what did you do then? Yeah. 